Today we continue in the genealogy of Jesus. We have a very short phrase here from Matthew chapter 1, verse 5a. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. This is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever felt trapped? Like by a situation maybe, maybe of your own making, maybe by the actions of another person. But whatever it is, have you ever been in that place where you think, I'm powerless. I can't make any, I can't do anything to change this. I'm stuck. Rahab was in a place like that. She was stuck. So the question becomes, could a person who was trapped, a person who was stuck, a person with so few choices make one choice that changes the story? Use a little power that they had to choose so bravely and so well that not only their life is changed, but the lives of those around them, that not only the lives of those around them for a generation, but generations and generations later, we want to talk about them. Could that happen? And in this genealogy, Matthew says, yes, yes, it could. And yes, yes, she could. She could change her story. So Rahab was a prostitute. And we don't know how she got there. Um, there's a lot of commentaries on it. The one that I tend to agree with the most says that it points out back in her era, her time, people would get into debt just like they do today. But you couldn't declare bankruptcy. The, the rich people were coming after you. And so likely Rahab's family had sold everything. Everything. There was no property left. There were no articles. There was no jewelry. There was nothing, and the debt still wasn't paid. And so in her day and age, if you had sold everything and you were still in debt, you would become a slave. Your family would become slaves, your children, your brothers and sisters, and they would work to pay off that debt. Or maybe they would be slaves for life. And so somewhere, somehow, along the way, Rahab made the choice or it was made for her by her family that so the family wouldn't become slaves, she would become a prostitute. What we know from the Bible is that by the time we meet her in the book of Joshua, she is supporting her family. She. In a time when it was the men or the brothers, we don't know, you know what they were doing, but we know she's speaking for them, she's negotiating on their behalf, she is in charge of providing for them by being a prostitute. No longer anyone who any man in the town wanted to marry, only an object, paid for by whoever had the funds to do it. No one in the town would speak to her, most likely, because of her profession. And yet, through this sacrifice, she is keeping her family out of slavery. One narrow rung, she stands on this narrow, precarious rung above slavery. And yet all, all the other choices except for today, I will do this again, have been taken away from her. It's either she does it or they all become slaves. 
So I can only imagine what it was like for a woman who felt this trapped to start to hear stories about liberation, about these liberated slaves who were in the desert. Now, it would have come in slowly that decades before, before Rahab had been born, God had done, their God, not her God, their God had done some miracles for these people. There were rumors that they had been slaves in Egypt, that there had been slave drivers. She knew what that felt like to be trapped, but their God had set them free. There were these rumors. If she mentioned those rumors to one of her clients who came, they would just say, luck, as they threw money on her bedside table. It's not God. It's not a miracle. It's just luck. They're going to die in the desert. That's all rumor. Well, they were in the desert. They had taken the road nobody expected, and people expected that they would die. But see, there were these rumors coming that they weren't dead. But again, their God had been providing for them. There were rumors that God was providing, their God was providing bread every morning. That their God could make water flow from a desert rock, just if the leader hit it. And again, the people in Jericho would just shrug and they'd say, that's just nonsense. But Rahab began to think, is it? So finally, as the months unroll and the years unroll, these, the rumors of these slaves become louder because they're getting closer. And they begin to win, these slaves, with no military training and no weapons that anyone knows of. They begin to win battles against other giant city-states, against kings and rulers who stand against them. Og falls and Sion falls. And now the people of Jericho are getting terrified because these ex-slaves are moving westward to Jericho. So now when these wealthy people visit Rahab, she can tell there's bags under their eyes, they're losing sleep, they're, they're stockpiling weapons, they're piling up food, and she looks around her town, and the whole town is now afraid of these liberated ex-slaves, that they're coming to Jericho. The whole town is filled with fear. But something different is growing in Rahab's heart, in the heart of one of the least of the people of Jericho, She's starting to wonder if their God cares about slaves, if their God set them free, like the stories say, from their bondage, if their God saved them from a place where their babies were killed and walked them through a sea and provides for them, would he have me? Even as I am, would he have me? Would he be my God? And so at this point, as she's thinking through these things, Joshua, the leader of these ex-slaves, he sends, see, what she didn't know is the Israelite community at this time is terrified of Jericho. It's got high walls, it's got great leaders, it's got the weapons. They're thinking, we can't, we may have beaten Og and Sion, but I don't think we can go against Jericho. So Joshua sends a couple of spies. He says, spy it out. Tell me what you know, gather some intel, and guess where God leads them? A very unexpected place to the home of a prostitute. I mean, certainly they could gather intel there, and if they spent the night 
probably people wouldn't raise an eyebrow. But God sent them there to, for protection because as it turns out, they're discovered. Middle of the night, they're, they're gathering intel. They probably don't even know Rahab's heart and her faith at this point. They just know it's a safe place to lay low where a lot of foreigners likely were. Middle of the night, the king of Jericho hears that there are two spies and they're at Rahab the prostitute's house. And so he sends this battalion of soldiers to Rahab. They bang on her door and they say, Rahab, those two men in your house, they are spies from this group of ex-slaves. And turn them over. Now, Everybody in Jericho would have expected at this moment the thing to do would have been to say, oh, here are the powerful people that her family is likely in debt to. They are asking her for help. If she helps them, perhaps they'll forgive her debt. Perhaps her story will change. This is the obvious thing to do is turn over these two strangers to the king. But Rahab looks at that choice and discards it. And she does this incredible thing, this heroic act of faith. She tells the soldiers they left. Now somehow she, she's hidden them, right? She said they left. They left just before dusk, before the gates were closing. They were headed that way for the, the shallows on, on the Jordan River. If you hurry, you can catch them and they believe her. You can imagine how fast her heart was beating? Because if they come in to look, if they find the men she's hidden on the roof under flax, that's a loud kind of way to hide someone if they stir at all. She's dead. Her whole family will likely be executed if they find out she's lying about this. But she, even though her heart is beating like this, she makes this choice. And the soldiers run away on this wild goose chase and she goes back up to the roof when she thinks the coast is clear and says, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go down the side of the wall and you're going to go hide out in the woods for three days. And then you're going to go back because they'll have stopped looking for you. And when you go back, you're going to tell them our hearts, the hearts of everybody in this town is melting because they have heard what the God of heaven is doing for you. You've got it. And don't be afraid. And the spies look at Rahab and they say, why in the world would you help us, not your own people? Why would you choose us over your country, your people? She says to them, I'm choosing God. I've heard the stories, I've heard the power, and I want to be part of God's family, just like you are. Now the whole story of God's work within people has been waiting for this moment. Because when God called Abraham, he said to him, I'm gonna make of you this nation so that the whole world could know about me. The whole world could be part of my family. And a lot of times the people of Israel, they would nod about that. They, they would remember God called Abraham and I'm one of Abraham's children and so I have a special blessing. And they would forget the part that said, I have a special blessing so that people throughout the world could share it, could be part of God's family. And here, 
one of the first people that responds, right, is a Jericho prostitute. And I'm sure the people of God were like, really? Not the king, not one of the nobles in this place, the prostitute wants to be part of God's family. She did. They saw her faith, they saw her courage, and they saw one of God's people. Didn't look like one of God's people on the outside, but here's a woman who has repented and changed her ways, and they say to her, this is beautiful, they say, okay, we're going to come back, the army will come back, and you tie a red cord on your window, and all of the soldiers will know, don't hurt the home with the red cord, gather Everyone inside, your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters, everybody, gather them inside, and when we pass through, we will pass by your home, and we'll send people to come bring you out safely. They said, but if you go outside, we can't vouch for what will happen, but if you're inside, you're safe. Now, what does that remind me of? That reminds me of Passover, when the people of God marked their doorways with the blood of a lamb, now Rahab's tying a red cord to say, here's one of God's children found in an unexpected place and the evil will pass by. And so the day comes and the battle begins and the people of God are encouraged because the spies go hide out and then they come back to Joshua and they say, guess what? We met a prostitute who has faith and she says that it's in the bag. We we should do it. And so it gives courage to Israel to, to fight against great odds. And they have a victory, and they bring her out. And the scripture closes with, they brought her to, to their camp, and she has been part of the community ever since that day. So I tell you, this, this is where the Old Testament leaves off the story of Rahab. But Matthew picks it up again. Matthew tells us something we didn't know that she went on to marry the leader of the tribe of Judah. It wasn't just like the people of God said, hey, cool, you live on the outside, and the rest of us are on the inside. The leader of the tribe of Judah saw something in Rahab. So true, so pure, that he married her, this former prostitute. And she became part of the line that led to our Savior. So I want to tell you all, this is not the story of a prostitute. This is a story of one of God's children who felt trapped by her life, by her decisions in the past, who heard that God is a liberating God and that he can give you a fresh start no matter where you are. And she was courageous and heroic and bold. And she, she risked it all so that she could be part of God's family. Her choice changed her life, and it changed that generation. And it comes down to us. And Matthew, he could have left the women out. They weren't normally included in genealogies. But he wants us to know, this is Rahab's, Rahab's child so that we can know that our Savior's coming, one of the things it means is that no matter where we find ourselves in life, no matter how trapped we are, we can come home. 
And so that when we're home, we remember the reason that God called us is so we can keep looking for the Rahabs and tell them that 100% they belong here too. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for, as Suzanne said, the begats. Uh, Thank you for the story of the people that led to your birth. This beautiful tapestry of imperfect people who are also so deeply courageous and so deeply faithful. Help us to know that one choice can change our lives. And we reaffirm, Lord, that we choose you. We choose you. Work your miracles in our lives. Set us free from the decisions and the situations that have us trapped. Provide for us. Bring us victory where no one else thinks it's possible. And Lord, this Christmas season, open our eyes to the unexpected people who may want to make the same choice. And if you could, Jesus, help us to be there to help them know that you will always welcome us home. We ask this in your strong name. Amen.